Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Austin Matthews is the NHL's first 50-goal scorer this season. He became just the fourth Toronto player to hit the 50-goal plateau, scoring in the Maple Leafs' 7-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. What does this mean? All-time? That can't be right. Really? There hasn't been more than four Leafs in 100 years scored more than 50 goals? No wonder they're terrible. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, Yes, it is. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. And uh, we have no moose right now. You know what? I'm feeling very confident that you and I can get through this until we have the moose with us because everybody's chiming in on the chat. And, uh, yeah, all those years I spent hosting a radio talk show on local radio has prepared me for this moment here today. Right now, you and me. And just like that, they tell me the moose is ready. But you know what? T- tell them just to hang on a second, okay? Just hang on. There's some things I want to get to and read from some of the viewers. Ted in Red Deer writes that he says, again, in-depth interviews like this one sets the RP show apart and above the rest. Way to go, guys. That was a great rundown of the NHL from an Oiler perspective. Ted in Red Deer referring to last hour's interview with Bob Stoffer. Oilers color guy, a good and longtime friend of mine, Rocky, our producer, set it up, Rocky Monroe. That's his new nickname today. His new nickname, if you missed it an hour ago, I was talking to John Lynch on the phone this morning, John Tiberius Lynch, the Don Cherry of football, and he goes, how about your producer, your producer, Rocky, Rocky, did he get a hold of those guys? I said, I asked you to get a hold of Rocky, and I just think Rocky uh, would stick. That might be tomorrow's poll question. Should Clark Monroe's nickname become Rocky? Or we might just by acclamation screw the vote. Say, yeah, Rocky it is. And then furthermore, I wanted to read a couple things. One, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Should Jay Beagle be disciplined for beating up Troy Terry? Capital Automall with dealerships all across the prairies, including Winnipeg, Regina, Calgary, and Edmonton. Should Jay Beagle be disciplined for beating up Troy Terry? For the longest time, people were like 70% were saying, yes, he should be disciplined for what went down Friday night. We covered it all at the start of the show. I'm not going to cover it again. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Jay Beagle, Troy Terry. Click Google News. You'll you'll learn. Now it's 52% say no. And I think we've educated the people. But no, he shouldn't be disciplined for beating up Troy Terry for trying to fight him the other night. So Kyle Fecko, who's a longtime friend of mine, former junior hockey player, he watches this show every day. Kyle Fecko, you might remember the name. He played for God's team, the Regina Pats. Big, rangy defenseman. We're number five, didn't you, Fex? 
Anyways, he writes in on Twitter. He says, I have no clue how someone could vote yes in this poll, that he should be disciplined. Maybe that's why I become less engaged with hockey every day. Going to be glorified beer leagues very soon. And with that, let's bring the moose in. Darren, thanks for uh, listening to my opening preamble here for hour two. I, I feel like you might be going back and forth on this, maybe. Maybe you're not. I'm not. That's me. I pick a side and I stay there. That's not to say that I'm not open-minded enough to be convinced otherwise, but I don't want to see the NHL become a skills competition every night. I don't want that. Neither does Kyle Fecko. Now, Bob Stoffer last hour, he goes, I'm a bit of an old school guy, but I had a problem with, I saw, with what I saw the other night. And if you were watching the interview, I'm like, where are you on this, Bob? You, you're all over. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I don't like people getting beat up, but I don't like teams getting embarrassed when they're down 5 nothing. And to go a little further, you tried a lacrosse-style goal in a 5 nothing game. Well, if you tried it in a one-goal game, you'd have your ass kicked by your coach. So I don't know when you're supposed to try a lacrosse-style goal. But the, the furthermore, he's saying we're getting less engaged with the game. And that's kind of why I'm gravitating towards NLL a little more, because it's what hockey used to be. Anyways, to you, are you seeing less engagement? amongst fans because of moving away from the rough style of play? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the rough style of play and engagement. I don't. I mean, it's all entertainment, whatever that looks like. You know, you want to know that the games are exciting, they're fun, anything can happen. And, you know, yeah, we're losing a little bit of the, we're losing a lot of the tough style of hockey and the old school style of hockey. But it does seem to come back a little bit in the playoffs. And I think it gets people excited. So I think there is still definitely place in the game for it you know i never want to see skill not promoted in the game either you know on the poll question it's it's funny because i'm kind of as you know both sides of this but i think you know there shouldn't be extra discipline for it but at the same time i don't like seeing a guy who's not fighting back getting beaten up like that so you gotta you know know where to draw the line i think he probably deserved to get hit or probably would expect to get hit when you're poking around the crease like that once or twice. And, you know, that's probably it. But uh, the NHL doesn't seem to have an issue with it. They're not going to discipline Jay Beagle. So I think we're okay. Would the hockey guys please weigh in and settle this and you know who you are? Watching right now, you can text me and I would ask you to please text my U.S. number because I'm in the U.S. You know, these hockey guys ain't too bright, Moose. I check my Canadian number like once a day. It's at night, and I got all these text messages. I'm like, guys, you're watching the show. You know where I am. Please text my U.S. number. But anyways, I don't know why. I got sweat dripping into my eyes. That's how hot it is down here, Moose. And it's, and that, it's about to rain. I know you feel for me. Oh, but anyways, no. But anyways, uh... One of those hockey guys would use the term goal-sucking. I'm not sure that Trevor Zegers was goal-sucking by picking away at the goalie's gear after he had the puck frozen. But that one scout that I, of which I refer, who is the player for the Montreal Canadiens that got blown up by Shifley in the playoffs last year? And Shifley guy was it Zach. Evans. Evans. Is it Zach wasn't Evans? It, wasn't Zach Same Evans. name? Jake Evans. No, Jake Evans. Because Zach Evans is a CFL defensive tackle. Uh, sorry, I'm getting old. Evans, whoever it is, Evans. And he said, if I'm goal-sucking in a playoff game like that, I'd better have my, I better expect to get blown up like Shifley blew him up. 
So I guess this is sort of like the NHL's got some problems, and here's the difference between the NFL and the NHL as I see it. One of the differences, because there are many. The NHL doesn't like the negative press. They don't like it. Nor does the CFL. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Whereas the NFL, they don't care. They don't care. They're too big for it. You, know, you guys all visit down here. We're, we're going to be up here making billions. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't care. The NHL would prefer yeah. that we're not talking about this. Now, furthermore, somebody tweeted at us and said, hey, we teach our kids skill development, and then you go out and try and display that skill and get the crap kicked out of you. Is that a fair comment or not? That's a fair comment. No, absolutely. Fair comment. And skilled players should, you know, you want to be able to go around and, and know you're going to be able to play with skill and not get beaten up for it. Because, you know, just because I'm trying to score goals and, and you know, whatever, I shouldn't expect to get beaten up for, for playing with skill. But at the same time, you have to understand situation. You have to have situational awareness. When it's 5 nothing and you're jamming at the goaltender, Understand the other team's going to be a little frustrated, you know? Bees are going to live in my backyard, but if I start messing with the beehive, I know they're going to come after me, right? So you have to have a little awareness of the situation. Yeah. Carlos is watching in Indianapolis and says, how is it that fights are okay in hockey, but not in other sports? I don't know. It's just the way it is. <laughs> I, I loathe to say, because that's the way it's always been. I hate that. I hate that attitude and sentence, but it's just the way that it is. Uh, the guys are saying that it is Jake Evans, and I'm sorry, I think I, of the five names that I named, one of them I said was Jake Evans. Yeah. Several people have written in and said, rest in peace, Mike Bossy. But I've received no notification that Mike Bossy has passed. I just did a quick Google search on the Canadian press wire, and I don't see that Mike Bossy's passed there. Have you seen anything saying that Mike Bossy has passed away? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm well, right I, I'm somewhat... Spitting chiclets, they say, is saying it. Uh, yeah, it's why on you do that? chiclets page. They say he's passed away. Okay, so hang on. And the hockey news. Joe, Joe Lazito is watching in New York, and he writes it, and he says, the new age fans constantly hound the leagues on social media, and the leagues cater to the vocal minority. Many old-school hockey fans aren't on social media, so our voices are seldom heard. That's Joe's, I think, falling in line with what I'm saying. The NHL doesn't like the backlash. They don't like the negative publicity associated with what went down on Friday night. I, you, you would never see this conversation that we're having right now on the, you would never see it on the NHL network. And I don't think you'd ever see it on TSN. They prefer that it's not talked about. And that's the beautiful thing about what we, what we do here with Game Plus Network or uh, Spit and Chicklets. They have no affiliation with the NHL. They can say whatever the hell they want. And that's, I think, it's 111 Eastern, by the way. 1111 Mountain. Everybody take a swig of pink. Uh, C. Walker says on YouTube, few other sports have equipment each player has that can be used as a weapon. Well, in football, you can use your helmet as a weapon and it's not allowed. So, But I get brooms and curling. I mean, baseball bats. The fact of the matter is, 
you can fight in hockey and you can't fight in the other sports. And maybe that's what they want. I don't know what they want. And I'm still watching. I said this a while back. I said it a lot. I sat back four or five years ago and said, do I want to keep watching this? Because it's just not what it used to be. And I said, yeah, I do want to watch it. It's like when Chrissy left Three's Company. Do I want to keep watching this now that Suzanne Summers is gone and Terry Garr is the new blonde? Yeah. But it's not the same. But I, I still watch. I think it's a very accurate parallel there. It is. And now, I guess if it's true that Mike Bossy's passed away, let me tell the Mike Bossy story. I wouldn't, wouldn't say that I knew him well, but I've done events with him. And Joe Lazito, right, Joe's watching. He says, the rumors of Bossy's passing are making the rounds. If so, it's been a tough stretch for the Islanders family with the passing of Randy Boyd, Clark Gillies, Jean-Paul Van, and inevitably Mike Bossy. So here's one. It's not bad. Bossy's Bossy. Uh, Kelly Rudy will tell you a story that his very first road trip as a rookie with the New York Islanders, he was uh, flying beside Mike Bossy on a commercial airline, and Bossy had a golf shirt on, and he was just absolutely ripped. You might remember that story when Rudy told that story. He's like, holy smokes, this ain't the Medicine Hat Tigers anymore. This is the National Hockey League. Bossy is a beast. But that's not the story. I was doing an event, and Joe, you know, loved it. It was in Regina. I think it was the Kinsman Dinner, I think. And it was an Islanders theme. So all my Islanders fan friends came out, which includes the chief of police, Evan Bray, Ian Jewsbury, who incidentally, it's his birthday today. Uh, the senator, Denise Batters. They all came out of the word work, all these Islanders fans that I know. So as you know, Clark Gillies and Trotche and I, pretty good friends, especially Clark. And I can't remember if I was drinking then or not. If I can't remember, I probably was. So Clark shows up like three hours before the event's supposed to start. Bar open! If you knew Clarky. Uh, so, cracked a beer, came and sat down. I was doing my radio show from the lobby of the hotel at the time. The mezzanine at the Delta. Moose, you've been there. And, yeah. and Clark, this is, this, this is in no way, especially in the day of his passing, a criticism of Bossy. He says, Bossy is very quiet. He's very to himself. He goes, Mike Bossy will show up at 6.59. And the event's supposed to be over at 11. He'll be gone at 11.01. Just wasn't a mingler. But when he did show up, he brought it. He was hilarious. But Clark will be the first one in the building and the last to leave. You know what I mean? And Trache, there's probably yeah. a pretty good chance he would have a tie around his head playing a guitar, which was exactly what happened. But with Bossy, he was just all business. He'd crack a smile. He did the, you're not old enough to remember, but he did the TV commercials. He had his endorsements. Mike Boss, the boss. My God. How many 50-goal uh, seasons did he have? Joe? His nickname was The Boss. Not just because he was, his name was Mike Bossy, number 22 of the New York Islanders. So a tough day for the New York Islanders. It was awesome doing the event that night. He was just very cordial. He was very professional. But he wasn't going to stay any longer than he had to. Because what, maybe he had an early flight the next morning? Clark wouldn't have gone to bed. Clark would have just stayed up. Clark was that kind of guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as oh, they yeah. say, Moose, it takes, all, it takes all, all kinds to win championships, and the Islanders did it. 
And here's one from Jason Austin watching on Twitter. I was a child attending the Clark Gillies wedding with my parents. Mike Bossy brought the Stanley Cup over to our table and sat and talked with me for a couple hours. Class and legend. You just said it better than I did. Mike Bossy's not going to be there at 2 in the morning with his tie around his head. He will engage for the time that he's there. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. And class and legend, you said it better than I did. And there you go, 10 50-goal seasons for Bossy from Randy and the Peg. Anyways, we got a story for every guy, I feel. Rest in peace, Mike Bossy. We'll be back, okay? You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. We're live streaming on YouTube, as always. And we got 24-hour sports radio streaming 24-7 at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hour two continues. I'm going to jump right into a sports update before we go uh, any further. Bring the moose back in. The Ottawa Blackjacks of the Canadian Elite Basketball League announced today that Canadian forward Tyrell Green is re-signed with the club for the 2022 CEBL season. A six-foot-seven forward from Toronto, Green has averaged 13.7 points, 3.9 rebounds as a pro, having competed competed in Scotland, Canada, Finland, Hungary, Luxembourg, and Sweden. And I don't have my emails up here, but I did see an email from the Ottawa Red Blacks that they have hired Patrick Bourgeon as their defensive back coach. Greg Knox resigned uh, late last week to take a job outside of football. Patrick Bourgeon, the DB coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Go to their website for more information. Austin Matthews carries a hot stick onto the ice tonight as the Maple Leafs visit the two-time Defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, Matthews scored his league-leading 51st goal in Toronto's 6-3 victory over Philly on Saturday. It was the Leafs' fourth straight win. Glenn Brunet of Medicine Hat called it that the Leafs would win at Philly and Matthews would score, and for that reason, he won our Bet Regal contest on the weekend. Way to go, Glenn and Medicine Hat. Leafs here in Florida tomorrow night. I'm going to the game. I'm taking RP Show sponsors, Bronco Plumbing and Heating, by the way, we're probably watching right now. Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. They sponsor Rod's Rant. We're taking him to the game here in Florida. Could life be better? The Pacific Division leading Calgary Flames will try to end a three-game losing streak tonight in L.A. The second-place Kings trail the Flames by three in the standings and have won two straight, including a 3-2 win in Calgary last Thursday. The North Carolina Tar Heels and the Kansas Jayhawks battle for U.S. college basketball supremacy tonight in the NCAA championship game in New Orleans. A win tonight in the Caesars Superdome would make North Carolina only the second eighth seed ever to win the tournament. Kansas entered March Madness as the number one seed. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games for the Tap, Brewhouse, and drive through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Love us. Some Red Bull Canada. Now let's bring in the Moose to have more fun. I put out the call to the hockey guys. I said, what's your take on the Troy Terry, Jay Beagle situation? And one of them, who I won't name, but he did text my U.S. phone and said, you can display skill and still respect your opponent. That didn't happen in this situation. You get what he's saying there, Moose, right? 100%. 
And therefore, the I NHL has not come down on Jay Beagle today. That's right. You know, they haven't, and they've said that they won't. And, you know, it was settled on the ice. It was dealt with on the ice. And, you know, maybe he went too far, but maybe they went too far in, in, uh, in the 5-0 game too. Either way, at the end of the day, the league was okay with it, and they'll move on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, in the NHL tonight, I mentioned Leafs at Tampa, Flames at Kings, also Boston's at Columbus, Arizona's at St. Louis, Major League Baseball, Blue Jays uh, facing Detroit. They're actually just started. Probably not going to get to spring training this spring, but I'm okay. There will be plenty of springs, I'm pretty sure. They're not going yes. anywhere. Um, a couple things I wanted to mention. Our rock star of the day on Friday was Josh Getzoff. The radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Josh Getzoff. Presented by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. And we're at the point of the show now where I would invite all kinds of viewer participation. Whatever you people want to talk about, fire it at us. The text line is open. Uh, 902-518-3033. That's 902-518-3033. Uh, Carrie and Red Deer watching. She says, I just wanted to let you know how my week is starting. Did the dishes without realizing I still had my readers on. Welcome to the Middle Ages. Is that a problem? My eyesight's starting to fail. I've noticed that they are um, selling reading glasses at Bass Pro Shop, of all things. They have got like a tree of them. So I'll be stopping at Bass Pro Shop before the end of the weekend. Failing that, I'll get to Bass Pro Shop in Calgary when we hit up there next week. Ran, uh, sorry, Ward in the peg writes in and he says, Hi, Rod and Moose. Some are saying Mike Bossy just passed. I know he was sick with cancer. Have you heard anything? Signed, Ward in the peg. Yeah, that obviously came in. Yes, we had actually talked about it last segment. So indeed, we have condolences to the Islanders family, the Mike Bossy family as well, obviously. Um, Moose, you did cover some junior hockey on the weekend. While we're at it, let's talk about that for a second. Why not? Because uh, we love junior hockey so much. The Regina Pats got thumped 13-1 to in two lopsided uh, games. How did my boy Connor Bedard play? Uh, you called one of them, right? Yeah, not so great on Friday. He was frustrated. Uh, Winnipeg has, has kept him in check. He still hasn't scored a goal against the Winnipeg Ice this year. Um, but he looked good the other night, uh, the next night when they played PA, um, scored a goal, shorthanded, but uh, it was a tough weekend for the Regina Pats, and, and I called the Winnipeg-Regina uh, game, and man, the ice, uh, the ice were good. They got goaltending, they got defense, and they got superstars up front that you're going to see in the NHL entry draft. They're a good team. Uh, the Winnipeg Ice said to me, you're really missing out, Rod. You should be around here. We're coming through on the weekend. You're missing some good hockey. I said, uh, I'm good. <laughs> but thanks. I'm good. Speaking of Winnipeg, this from the Blue Bombers this morning. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are pleased to offer two free non-contact football skills camps for youth launching this month for the 2022 season with the goal of introducing as many kids as possible to football. In a safe and fun environment, the newly launched Junior Blue Bombers Skills Camp is a chance for youth ages 9 to 12 to play with the pros through a variety of drills and skill-specific training challenges aimed at improving their fitness and knowledge of the game. 
Uh, it's Tuesday, April 26th, and Wednesday, April 27th. So end of the month, visit bluebombers.com slash youthfootball for more information. This is where my life's becoming, uh, Moose. Over the weekend, somebody contacted me, a guy that I've never met before, and said, uh, hey, we're putting on a football skills camp in Calgary at the end of the month. Rod, do you have any contacts with the Stampeders? We'd like to get some Stampeders out. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's following me around everywhere. I said, let me think about it. And then I wrote him back a day later and said, here's the guy's name at the Stampeders. I'm sure the Stamps have some players and coaches that would love to be part of it, but I am not that guy. Maybe Darren, I am that guy. Am I that guy? Well, maybe. I mean, at least they certainly think you're the guy, right? So connected in the market now and with all the time we've spent in Calgary, they just assume that you've got those connections. And of course, I mean, we know that you do, but uh, you're, not, uh, you're not reception for the football camp. I get that. No, I'm just, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I just, I thought those questions were over. And if I feel like they're just yeah. starting, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. So in, in I'm multiple very, markets now, right. Very easy to find. BW watching in Edmonton says, what's the price of gasoline in South Florida? Honestly, dude, I don't really know. I fill up and I give them my credit card. I think it's close to $4 a gallon. I think it's three ninety something. I think, but yeah. It's not going to stop me from filling up my tank. You know what I mean, Moose? That's right. And, and my Jeep is pretty good on gas. It's a four-cylinder. Coolest Jeep in South Florida. Going to take it to the game Tuesday night, I think, depending on the weather. Clouds are rolling in. It's supposed to be raining by now. Uh, Ted, back on point. Ted in Red Deer. He says the Oilers of the 80s used to run up the score and cries of disrespecting the other team would come up. They, however, had Sammy Don Jackson, etc., to answer the bell. Different time and age. I don't even know who the hell Sammy Don Jackson is, but I know who Dave Semenko is and Marty McSorley, and those names continue to come up. And we cannot compare today's NHL to the NHL of the 80s, 70s, or for that matter, the 90s. You know, we can't compare it that, like I, like I say, I'm, it's a little bit of a conundrum. The wonderful thing about a show like this, Moose, as you know, is just to have a discussion like this. If you can't score a lacrosse-style goal in a 5 nothing game, or try it even, when do you try it? You know? I know. I know. So, you know, you want to see that creativity. You're always trying to market to everybody, but you got to, you know, the young fans love it. Now I'm seeing videos of the kids are trying these lacrosse style goals. That's what you want. You want not, not kids trying lacrosse style goals. I mean, that's great. You want the kids to mimic the pros, right? I want to wear what they're wearing. I want to skate like they skate. I want to score like they score. So if that's what's getting the kids excited, then that's what's going to keep hockey growing into the future. And it will look different than what we grew up with. That's tough. Well, it, let's sit here and look at it just for one second. I've watched the tape many times. I'm sure you have too. The Beagle, Zegras, Troy Terry situation. The lacrosse style goal had nothing to do with the fight in question. It was earlier in the game, right? But Zegras comes in and takes a whack at the Arizona goalie after the whistle. That's a no-no. I don't care what the score is, ever. 
And when I read that column in the Globe and Mail today from Cathel Kelly, who I think is a great writer, but you don't understand. He says, a harmless slash of the goalie. What are you talking about? There's no such thing. And that's not just be me being defensive as an ex-goalie. That's, you don't do that, okay? So it was a beagle that came in and flattened him from behind. You should expect that. And then Troy Terry comes in to defend Zegris, and all of a sudden, it's a Donnybrook. Troy Terry didn't really do anything wrong, because how many times, Darren, are we calling games, or are at junior games, or even NHL games, where some guy gets flattened, and we look around and go, and nobody came to his defense. Troy Terry did. He showed some balls, but then he just, as my Australian friends say, got the piss taken out of him. So maybe, 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 this is just a situation of an unfortunate incident. These things happen. Like the person that fell down the elevator shaft in the hotel in Lethbridge, I think. We're not banning elevators because of it. It was just a bad circumstance. Is maybe what happened Friday night not, maybe it's just that. It's not a, an incident of old NHL versus new NHL. Or is it? I don't know. Yeah, it might not be. I'm kind of getting on board that it's not a, just a one-off, you know? Beagle probably went too far. The Ducks probably shouldn't have been in there smashing with the goaltender. And things happen. And sometimes it's a little bit over the line. Sometimes it's not. But it wasn't, you know, something the NHL felt needed extra discipline. And, you know, if this becomes something that happens on a nightly basis, it's going to be need to be addressed. But it might just be a one-off. Greg S. on YouTube says, You can't show balls these days, Rod. How about that? You actually, you actually can, but it needs to be in the right situation, right? You need to be in the right situation to be able to do it. It's tough in our business. It's probably tough in any other business. I haven't really been in any other business, but I can tell you in the recovery business, where I spend at least most of my time, you have to show balls. How about it's called that? Called the uh, the truth business. It takes courage. Yeah. In that line of work, were you going to say something? No, that's, I agree with you. Oh, did you hear the hot rod just go whizzing by here? I did. Yeah. Jordan I have Deere's written on my up, page. Feel it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have written on my page NASCAR, and I mentioned that Denny Hamlin won on Sunday, the Toyota 500. And I just wanted to mention something about auto racing before we break and bring in Dave Naylor next. That's why I'm willing to give any new sport a chance. Um, Soccer is not a new sport, but it's new to me. And I've been curling since I was a kid. But I got into auto racing in the pandemic, and I actually quite enjoy it. I love the danger of it. I love the smell, as I say, of the burnt fumes. I love the spaghetti straps in the crowd. Like, what's not to love about auto racing? And I was actually reading about Formula One uh, going to Vegas, which, as you know, it'll be the third United States stop in 2023. And the article that I was reading, it's all because of Dry to Survive that I'm getting into Formula One now. And it said, imagine the iconic buildings where they're whipping around the Bellagio and Caesars. And my God, it'll look like a video game. I know. Isn't that cool? Like, I think that's just awesome. And I don't know where they'll go or how big the track will be, but there's some really neat opportunities for them in Vegas, you know, to have this event. It's going to be a destination. It's going to be packed. They're going to be, there's going to be so many different events to interact with the drivers. I think, it's, I think it's really cool. Really enjoying Drive to Survive on uh, Netflix. Carlos 
in Indianapolis writes, so Indy 500 for next month, Rod? No, Centennial Cup for Rod next month. That's where he'd rather be. CFL fans, get your questions ready. 902 text line or in the chat because Dave Naylor joins us next. Moose, I'll see you in overtime, okay? You bet. What a fun day it's been. It is episode number 730 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show, and we will be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube. And if you missed any portion of the show, you can always listen to the podcast wherever you enjoy the finest podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Wind picking up on this beautiful Monday. It's the RP Show. Not a Panthers game day today, but Tuesday is when the Toronto Maple Leafs come to town. Panthers sending out a news release this morning. The playoffs single-game tickets go on sale Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com or FloridaPanthers.com. i am uh, been informed that David William Naylor has not logged in yet, and there's no sign of him. So there may not be a David William Naylor TSN CFL Insider segment, but that's okay because we've got breaking news. I'm looking at the clouds, by the way. You've noticed it's gotten really dark. And it's supposed to be raining before we get off the air. So we'll see how that goes for us. Breaking news. The Ottawa Red Blacks announced today that Patrick Bourgeau will take on the role of defensive backs coach. Bourgeau, who most recently was serving as Red Blacks linebackers coach, has been with the team since 2014. When he joined the front office as a football operations assistant, the McGill University product served in that role until 2015 when he briefly left Ottawa to serve as defensive coordinator and DB's coach of the Diablos Rouge de Villapante in France. Bourgeon will return to the Red Blacks as offensive assistant in 2016 in time for the team's Grey Cup championship run before moving to the other side of the ball as defensive assistant in 2018. So in other words, he's been all around the football in Ottawa, and he's been named the defensive backs coach today by the club, an internal hire. And in this news release from the Red Blacks, in a related move, it says, the Red Blacks announced that defensive coordinator Mike Benavidi would take on the linebacker coaching duties for this season. Uh, Mike Benavidi is one of the all-around great guys in the Canadian Football League. So moves being made today in the three-down game. And we will roll this over into a sports update. The North Carolina Tar Heels and the Kansas Jayhawks battle for U.S. College basketball supremacy tonight in the NCAA championship game in New Orleans. A win tonight in the Caesars Superdome would make North Carolina only the second eighth seed to win the tournament. Kansas went into March Madness as number one. It's a 9.20 p.m. Eastern tip-off. Can you believe it? 9.20 p.m. Eastern from Louisiana. Brad Gushu's Canadian rink is a perfect 4-0 as they face Italy today at the World Men's Curling Championships in Las Vegas. The Newfoundland foursome, who beat the Netherlands 9-6 and Switzerland 10-6 on Sunday, are the only undefeated team in the tourney. Italy is 2-1. How about this? This has them all hot and bothered around here. Tiger Woods 
has arrived at Augusta National. He still, though, has yet to announce whether he'll play in the Masters this week. Tiger says he's at Augusta to continue his preparation, but it's a game-time decision whether or not he plays. His right leg was severely damaged, as we know, in a car crash 13 months ago. And it's Tiger that said doctors contemplated amputation on that. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new almond mocha. My favorite, of course, is almond coconut. Order yours today at g2gbars.ca. What's up? Perfect. Uh, we're going to take a timeout, and David William Naylor of TSN will join us right after this break. Alert in the Game Plus new uh, newsroom, control room. We're going to an early break to bring on TSN's Dave Naylor next. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the RP Show coming to you from South Florida where the rain is about to roll in. TSN CFL Insider Dave Naylor next up on the program. And it is our final segment. Uh, it is overtime where we would normally have Darren DuPont in here answering viewer questions. But Nails is uh, moving on in. And if you don't mind, let's bring him on. Dave, you know, I was trying to think what are, is on our CFL radar right now. The Commissioner Randy Ambrosi has COVID. There's some irony in there somewhere, right? Uh, he has to cancel the Montreal trip. Um, Patrick Bourgeau named DB coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And with Touchdown Atlantic announced last week, people talking about expansion to Atlantic Canada. So there's a little meat on the bone in CFL circles we, these days. We got, we got CBA talks that started last week as well. So, you know, the, oh. the official now, they have, I should be clear, they have been talking for months, you know, exchanging information, kind of the runway. But there is a point where they have to kind of start the clock running because there's things like, you know, if a certain point you've been negotiating, there's options that you can go to try to solve it or settle it. But uh, I, I believe uh, the middle of last week was the first meeting that actually qualifies as an official formal CBA negotiation. The process has begun. Dave, you are more of a CFL historian than me, and I consider myself somewhat of one. Are we correct in saying there has never been a labor stoppage in CFL history? That's why I don't get too geeked up over these CBA talks. No, there, there was one out of the 70s. I believe there was a couple of days delay to the start of training camp. There's never been a game missed. And, and to your point, Rod, I, I agree with this. There's going to be saber rattling. There's going to be... I mean, last time they settled the deal and then 24 hours later it was off and we had this kind of you know period where we weren't sure. Look, there's a reason there hasn't been a work stoppage in pro football, period, since 1987, right? And it's because football is, there are two things that make a football strike very, very, very difficult or work stoppage of any kind. One is that football is a pyramid when it comes to salaries, right? Most, you've got a handful of players that make really good salaries relative to their sport, whether we're talking CFL or NFL, economies of scale are different, of course. 
And then you've got most of the players that make, you know, average money or below average money. And and they there's so many more of them than there are guys that are making 400, 500,000 in the CFL or making $30 million in the NFL. There's so many $600,000 guys in the NFL. There are so many $75,000 guys in the CFL. And it's really hard to take guys that are making minimum salaries and ask them to go to the wall and miss a year, you know, in a sport that they could be out of in a couple of years. And that's the other dynamic that careers are so short in professional football that asking the player to miss a year you're asking the average player to sit out a quarter of his career. So those are the two things that I I really come back to. And I agree with you. I I don't think we're going to miss any football this spring, but you know, there's always a bumpy road to getting there. Is there as much money to go around as used to? I mean, they've been through, I, you got to say the most perilous stretch in CFL history and they've been through a lot. (laughs) What do you know about the dollars and cents of the league right now? I don't think the salary cap's going up, you know, or or to any significant degree. I mean, I think I think I think the owners are going to go into this uh, session, you know, telling the players about what they've been through and what they've had to invest and the things that they've had to cut and the things that the money that they've lost over the last two years. I mean, someone said to me today, you know, we haven't had a regular season in, in three years. You know, I mean, they've missed two seasons, one completely missed and one from a revenue point of view, unless you were in Saskatchewan or Winnipeg. You know, the revenue wouldn't have looked anything like it does at a regular time. So I, I think that's going to be tough for the players to negotiate against just because the owners have, have we know, have, have reached into their pockets and you know, community-owned teams have had to do creative things. I think the model is going to be, let's find a starting point. Let's you know, identify the areas of this we think we can grow together and let's do a partnership where as we grow, you you grow with us. I think that's going to be what the league takes into the into the CBA is kind of its you know its lead philosophical proposal. Well, you know, uh, Dave, we've had a great time broadcasting the show from Calgary. Huff's been down on location at the casino where we do it. A couple of assistant coaches, and the one thing Huff said was, "We are back to business as normal in the CFL, business wise," and that's got to feel good. Are you getting that sense from everybody? Yeah, I mean, just just around the combine and such that we just had here in Toronto and, you know, having football conversations with people, it does feel like ordinary time because I'm having football conversations. I'm having conversations that COVID isn't isn't even coming up to isn't come up in. It it does feel like uh, it's almost like we woke up from a dream, right? You know, like and I I think it is going to be same old in terms of what we see on the surface. Right. I think the sport is going to in terms of the way the teams do business. And I think there's I think we see some room for improvement. I mean, we heard. The commissioner and, the, and a lot of the team presidents and things talk about things they've learned during the downtime and things they want to implement. I think last year was a bit of a survival season. And maybe, you know, we you know about the genius sports deal and other things that I, I think we're going to see evidence of as, this, as it rolls along. But yeah, very much, I think this is a, a back to normal season. It's also a very important season for the league football-wise. We've all gone through this conversation about, you know, what happened to the game. I have never subscribed to one theory about what happened to the game last year, but I've also, but I've been pretty honest about what I thought of the game overall last year. It was not up to the standard that CFL fans are used to, and I think, I, I think that was apparent. The question is why, and I think there's multiple reasons for it. Some of which I think had to do with uh, some of the pandemic of the pandemic, and some that didn't. But you know, they're going to make some tweaks to the game. But I think it's going to be an important year 
for the league to be entertaining football-wise, or I don't think we're going to go back to the four downs conversation. I think the league's kind of been there, done that. I don't think we're going there again next offseason, probably no matter what happens. But I think you know the tweaking of the game will continue if the entertainment product doesn't respond the way people hope it will. From one of the viewers, John Ohm, Ohm in Winnipeg watching, he says, Dave, what's the reason the CFL keeps going to the Atlantic for a CFL game? Well, I got to be honest, this one caught me by surprise when we got the tip that, uh, that this was, was happening. And uh, it was, uh, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, the, the group that is behind the Atlantic Schooners has been fairly quiet, at least to my knowledge, over the time of the pandemic, for obvious reasons. They got bigger issues to sort out at Halifax City Council, the province of Nova Scotia. The world's coming back. It's not just the CFL. But the fact that they're willing to plant the flag in Nova Scotia this quickly did catch me by surprise a little bit. And I'm going to refer to our reporter out in Atlanta, Canada, Paul Hollingsworth, who's our TSN guy out there, who does great work for us. You know, he, he called me after the news conference and everything, and he said, you know, this is just my, my vibe, my sense, but this seemed to be about more than just a game, uh, and one game. Like, th- this seemed like there was there's really big kind of dreams and hopes and goals associated with this because i didn't know what to think of it when this came first came along I was like hey wait a minute they're supposed to do one of these in 2020 that was going to be at saint mary's i believe in halifax it didn't happen because of the pandemic and since then there really hasn't been a lot of chat about halifax but just i'm, I'm passing you on just kind of his sense or what his instinct said about the way the people with the canadian football league who were out there in atlantic canada uh for the announcement it it just felt and this is you know his his interpretation it felt like they weren't there just to have a game this summer that there is a much sort of larger thing going on there and i think it's i think it's obvious you know to your your listeners question i mean there's only one place really i think in in canada to add a 10th team Uh, i think it is atlantic canada i think the league sees you know a win-win there in terms of football wise having two five team divisions i think they see it sponsorship and business wise in terms of 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 completing the national map and i think you know, having real tangible growth in the CFL at this time would be, I think, both from a, a, a realistic point of view, an actual point of view, and just perception-wise, I think would be important. So I'm kind of excited to see where this goes after you know going to sleep for a couple of years for, for obvious reasons. Viewer Colin in Ottawa has a question. What are the chances Trey Ford actually goes to the NFL? Is this like the Nathan Rourke last year where the Canadian quarterback is overhyped and the NFL shows no interest? Okay, I was at Trey Ford's Pro Day in Buffalo about two weeks ago where there were, you know, two dozen NFL teams roughly that were represented to see him. I've talked to Chris Bertoia, his head coach, you know, who's talked to how much, how much interest there is from NFL teams. I'm going a little bit here by the consensus of CFL scouts that were that day, that, that there that day at the University of Buffalo. I mean, I talked to a lot of them. And the consensus was that they didn't think Trey Ford would be available to the CFL this summer. They think he's going to get into a camp, which... Coming from the University of Waterloo, it's a guy who's only played six regular season games the last two years because of the missed season in 2020. That in itself is an accomplishment. There is a mountain to climb after that before you get to taking a live snap in an NFL regular season game. I mean, look at where most of the quarterbacks of the league right now come from. They are top of the draft pretty much across the board. You know, there's, there's exceptions, but I think there's probably more quarterbacks that are taken near the top of the draft playing in the NFL than there's ever been. I did a little 
measurement of this last year compared to, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. There's fewer Jeff Garcias, you know, there's fewer Kurt Warners. There just aren't as many of those kind of guys in the NFL. That's one thing. And two is just, you know, coming from the level that he's coming from against the competition he's coming from, playing a different game, and again, not had that much playing experience the last two years, all those things are going to work against him. Which brings us to the question is, will he, will he get, be asked to take a position change? And I think that's possible as well. He physically you know, matches up well enough to play other positions on the field. So, yeah, I, I think he will get interest. I expect he'll be in a camp. I will be surprised if he ever takes a live snap in an NFL game. And that's not a knock on him. It's just knowing, look, look, look how thinly worn the path is from U-sport quarterback to the NFL, right? Michael O'Connor got into hmm. a weekend mini camp with Seattle. Before that, you got to go Dan Faraday, 1982, Cincinnati, Jamie Bone, 1980, Dallas. Uh, Larry Justanis got invited to the NFL Combine in 95, but didn't get signed by anybody. It's just such a thinly worn path. Uh, I think the difference between interest and opportunity and actually being able to convert that opportunity, and again, most of these things are out of his control. It's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, like you say, isn't it interesting? More Canadians than ever in the NFL, but not quarterbacks. Uh, Dave, I love, great to see you as always. Love the uh, conversation. Lots of things to talk about in the CFL. Appreciate it, man. Keep in touch. Anytime, Rod. Keep up the good work. Good to join you. Think, think about TSN CFL insider Dave Naylor from the Big Smoke. Thank you to Bob Stoffer for sticking around for a couple of segments uh, today as well. I'm not sure what we got coming up tomorrow, but I know it'll be fun. See you at noon Eastern here on Game Plus TV. I don't know. This is not an online therapy session whatsoever. Bingo! For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.